A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. When the looting starts, the shooting starts. Oh, tight. Blackberry podcast episode 62. <laughs> what are we saying? Who's on the panel? Uh, Mary's here. How you man doing? Mm, Gabby. Hi. Is that your last episode? I'm laughing because what an introduction. Mm, no, it's powerful. We it have is. To, it's just one of those ones. That will go down stand. in. That's, a bit, that's one piece of rhetoric. That will go down. Um, yeah. thing is, it's not even like unheard yeah. of in the past. It's a, it's a, it's a phrase that's been used before. Yeah. I think, so obviously it's become popularised with like Trump saying mm. it. Um, but it's a historical phrase. I think of a police officer who used it in reference to somebody that he, like, I think he was police brutality of some sort, but he ref- he didn't think he would face consequences. And so he said, like, regardless, he's still going to start shooting. And that's why it's hilarious, because Trump maneuvers like he's the most ignorant. He'd like to let us think that he's the most ignorant uh, person on, a person about. But that's a very well-informed, very strategic phrase yeah, to use. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in very specific very phrase. Specific said, phrase I did, I've never heard it before. Dog whistle of dog whistles. <laughs> like, oh, what is that here looking like? He, he couldn't read past uh, grade whatever history class, but really, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, so maybe that phrase will will, uh, will stand. So, so I guess before jumping before jumping into it though, like, how are you guys doing? Just generally, how have you guys been? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, Mary, been, how you it's been? been a, it's been a difficult period, I'd say. Like, I've had to, like, come off of social media. Um, yeah, I would mm. say, like, the last two weeks have been very overwhelming. Like, first, obviously, the, the Belly Majinga mm. case. Um, and then, obviously, Brianna Taylor. And then George Floyd. And I'm not even, like, when videos are shared, I never watch them. Like, just, it's never been my thing. And obviously, some people, like, in solidarity slash, like, wanting to raise the awareness was just, like, sharing pictures. So you're going on Instagram, you're just seeing, like, the picture of the officer standing on um, George Floyd's neck um and, and the guy saying i can't breathe i'm just thinking wow like, and seeing these different images and then obviously you're in lockdown you're already still you're already thinking of all the other like thirty thousand deaths that have occurred this year and because of coronavirus and then you that coupled with this like it was just too much like I, it was just yeah it was it was a very difficult period for me and i just found myself being very low and i was even saying to my friend like this is random but like the verses yesterday between kurt franklin and fred hammond just lifted me up because, like, again, just being reminded mm-hmm. of, like, yeah, like, worship, praise, like, gospel music. Like, it just, yeah, it, it really did lift me up. And I didn't realise how low I was until I, I stood back and thought, wow, like, this thing has actually wow. really impacted you. Even, like, yeah, like, I, I even thank God for, like, the Sunday sermon I heard um, from from my pastor and just listening to the fact that, yeah, we can be comforted through the gospel, even though we live in a, a bleak and dark world and, and black people for the most part, have been on the receiving end of so much atrocity, but we can always have find hope in the gospel. And yeah, all these truths have been beneficial for my heart because, yeah, man, it's it's been a difficult period. Richard, how have you been coping? Mm, no, no, I fully hear that. Um, yeah, I guess thank you just for being so open. I guess likewise, um, you know, I think I think for me, like the Belly Majinga case, the 
Ahmad Avery case. Um, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing everybody's names right, but I appreciate that's not the main point. Um, and then the George Floyd case as well, like those yeah. three really stuck out for me. I think by the time the George Floyd case came around, like, yeah, I, I found myself just crying myself to sleep, to be honest. Um, mm. It was really difficult just trying to wrap my head around, you know, how somebody can kill somebody so easily without any kind of remorse. Um, hence why he was actually charged for a third degree murder in particular as well, because yeah. um, it speaks, to, not, it doesn't speak to the gravity or, or the or the nature of the person who was killed, but it speaks to um, the, the way in which the person was killed. He was charged with second degree, I believe, and, and third, second degree manslaughter and third degree murder, I think, um, yeah. or something like that. Um, but yeah, it, it speaks of a man who has essentially killed someone with with no kind of regard for their well-being and 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 knowing that what you would do will likely lead to the death of an individual but like having no remorse whatsoever i think witnessing that and especially as a black man i kind of just appreciated that you know apart from geographical distance like that could have been me um mm. that could have been richard you know father of two girls husband of one wife like that could have been me like there's nothing stopping me from having been they're begging for my life and saying I can't breathe and my daughter's, you know, potentially even watching me die. Like that's a scary reality to live in. And you kind of just feel less than human um, yeah. by the end of it. And so I felt like really dehumanized. Um, and I think even just with the, the Armad case in particular, um, one of the scariest things for me witnessing that was the first thought that crossed my mind was maybe he deserved it. Um, mm. and for me, that was like, that really shocked, like shocked me because it was like, okay, boom, maybe I've now gotten to the point whereby I'm even seeing these things normalized so much that I'm starting to think that it, that it's actually normal for, to watch black men kill. Um, or there's something normal about watching us like being slaughtered, um, for no reason. Um, and maybe we deserve it just based on the color of our skin alone. And so, yeah, that was, it's been quite a hard a hard period in that respect but I guess likewise I'm I'm thankful just for the support support systems around me for the people who help me think through these things for the people I can speak to because um mm. especially just being surrounded by so many other like godly black men that has been really helpful for just reminding me like where my hope lies etc and and you know and um just the fact that yeah like this this world is not everything um and that we serve a God who really does hear our cries so so yeah man that's that's been me um yeah Gabs what are you oh, saying bro. <laughs> If I'm honest, um, like even sitting here hearing you talk about it like that, it's heartbreaking. Um, Sorry. Like, it's just so sad to hear. Oh, like, and that it would even make you second guess um, or even have to reckon with some of your own instincts and what it would do to your self understanding of self as a black man. Oh, bro, it's heartbreaking. Um, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that's. Something that obviously we all have to reckon with to a degree, but you especially, because it's it's you under his foot. Like it's heartbreaking to hear that, mm. that, that you're confronted with it so personally. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, it's even sad. Oh, it's mad. It's mad. Anyway, um, yeah, um, yeah. I think that's pretty much been how I'm feeling. I'm feeling it's just a, a real time yeah. of um, yeah, of sadness, of of like exhaustion. Um, 
yeah, I think obviously, like, there's normal life stuff. You've got your your normal things going on. You've got this on your mind, that on your mind. Obviously, you've got all the parents. You're thinking COVID. You're thinking this. You're thinking that. And then you're thinking struggling with isolation, as we've spoken about before. And then, and then to add in this, um, to add in to be confronted with a very visceral reminder of what's actually happening in the world. Because obviously, this stuff is happening. It's always happening. But every now and again, it cuts through. Um, yeah, it cuts through with something so vivid. And then it's like, yeah, it's it's, it's overwhelming. Um, very similar to, to Mary, actually. Yeah, I've 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 cut off a lot of socials. Um, because um, mm. I just can't watch it. And and maybe, and that's even a part of the tension. Like, is that even my privilege? That means that I can opt out. I'm a female who's mixed race. I'm lighter in complexion. I, I'm not in America. Is me choosing not to watch it? Me, um, yeah, kind of taking advantage of my privilege and and kind of disengaging and there's, there's even internal struggles going on with yourself like am I responding to this rightly or wrongly but in terms of my reaction my reaction has been yeah like I can't watch that I can't watch him under his foot like I can't watch that like I can't be sitting in my house watching that yeah. I, can't watch, I can't watch that um yeah. so I've actually not seen the full video obviously like clips on on socials and stuff but I'm not gonna have my way to watch that any extended yeah yeah I can't watch that um I can't watch I can't watch wow. that and then and then obviously like you, you add in We've not even mentioned. It's funny because people like people like if anyone who watches Black Mirror or anything like those kind of those kind of TV programs. A lot of those guys have said we've had to be quiet because we couldn't write this stuff. This is more sinister and more um, exposing of the, the darkness of humanity than we could have imagined to write. Like you think about the Amy Cooper case recently. Uh, yeah. And there's even every single every single example of it. There's so much nuance and and detriment in it. I was even talking to again a, a, a black male who was like, "It's even mad that the guy they've got the same surname. Obviously, everyone clocked they've got the same surname. Yeah. Then you even start to process, well, why have they got the same surname? And then you're like, your mind just goes on a different. Oh, you're like, wow, why is this black man and this white woman? Why why have they got the same surname? What's, what's that like everywhere you look it's everywhere and it's overwhelming and the more you look the more detailed it gets and the more offensive it gets and the more overwhelming it gets and so yes yeah, so I, I low-key um took a break um but yeah even like I said before even that's attention because you're thinking is me taking a break me kind of abusing my privilege because by virtue of the fact that I can I can take a break um so yeah it's been a tiring mm. uh uh, overwhelming emotional man emotional few weeks um yeah that's me really yeah wow. i think it's i think it's even interesting in like in the christian cooper case um obviously the, the amy cooper who talks about how she's gonna like call the police and say that african-american <laughs> oh, man's yeah. threatening me because like i think i think again it, it points to the whole idea that because people were quick to say you know look at this christian cooper guy he's a harvard graduate yeah, he's yeah. a gentleman like he used to work for marvel comics blah 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 and again, like it paints this like immoral view that says like the victim needs to be a saint to receive yeah. sympathy. Like, so you and you see that in contrast wow. to George Floyd, who's like he has a you could say he has a sketchy past. He's six foot six. He's a black man. He he might look you know like he's um, intimidating, but yeah. So it's like only Christians or like perfect men get sympathy. And and you just saw it. Like everyone was quick to say, okay, what did, what did he do though? Why did the police come around? Why why? And mm. you're thinking like, why can't we actually just be angry when we see atrocities like this happen when we see the fact that the police were acting out of, of of wickedness like why is it only we only give sympathy to those who who seem like they deserve mm -hmm. to receive it as opposed to um anytime we see 
anyone re- being on the receiving end of of evil, we should be yeah, we should be mourning, we should be angry. Um, mm. Yeah. So so what do you guys like? I guess since we've already got there, like what do you guys think are the underlying reasons for why? And this, particularly from a Christian standpoint, why do you think it's necessary for us as Christians to really evaluate this thing from a theological perspective, and not merely as some random anthropological act of wickedness that has just happened somehow and people are dying? But you know, why do we have to theologically assess this and say, you know, this is actually sin, like this is evil, this is wicked, and this is something the church therefore should be able to stand up and speak against? Mary. let's try it again the question is simply <laughs> why is the killing of black people a theological issue that the church must stand up and speak out against? Bro, your question is even loaded because some people are, uh, there's not even, there's not, it's not agreement that this is something that the church must stand up and speak out against. And, that, and then that's not even to come with um, shade or energy. Like there's, there's legitimate theological reasons for why people want to distinguish between the church and between Christians and between what the church his mandate is and etc 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 by the way just to clarify so if this helps to clear things up what i'm not necessarily saying is that a pastor now must be behind his pulpit (laughs) speaking like and this must be the point of his sermon i'm saying that consistently as the church of god which is the people of god should be willing and able and actively speaking out against some of these things um and yeah i don't think that's a debatable point um to be honest with you like if this was abortion Everybody in the church is standing up and saying that the murder of unborn babies is a is an is a wickedness and an e- an evil and something that should not be mm. done. When it's the murder of unarmed black people, it's now it's, we it's should a, be no yeah, different. People want to say it's political, you know, and we shouldn't be. Yeah, it shouldn't be a tentative or political yeah. issue. First and foremost, it comes down to the fact that we are made in the divine image of in the image of a divine God. You know, and and our. Mm. Our humanity and our dignity is not attached to our age, to our social economic state, to how moral we think we are, to our ability or inability, to our accolades, to how smart we are, to much how much wealth we've acquired, or any or even to the neighborhood we live in, or to our geographical location. We deserve dignity based on the fact that we are made in God's image. It's not it's not a debatable point. And so that's why like it's infuriating when I hear people who are so quick, by the way, even pastors who are so quick to deal with some issues that they feel are relevant or more relevant in their circles, but because the murder hasn't come close to home for them, it's fine to overlook. Like I said, I'm not necessarily saying that every person needs to um, stand behind a pulpit and declare this, because I don't think that's necessarily the, as in, by the, when I say declare this, I mean set the whole sermons now focused on this alone or as though dealing with social injustice is the primary function of the pulpit however i do think that when a pastor communicates the gospel they have to realize the sheep and meet the sheep that they're communicating with at the place where they are and right now many sheep around the world are going to be are going to be struggling to really listen through 
um, a lot of these sermons without thinking how, what are we meant to do in light, or where is my hope meant to lie in light of the fact that I feel constantly oppressed and marginalized, ostracized, maligned, beat down, killed off. Do you know what I mean? Dehumanized. Like, how do I respond? How do I live in a world where this is the case? And I think that, yes, the pastor can point to hope, but first you have to kind of meet the person where they're at and come to them and, you know what I mean, and let them know that, yes, you see their pain and you bear one another's mm -hmm. burdens um, for such as fulfilling the Lord, Lord of Christ, you know? Um, sorry, I know I'm answering my own well, question, but I don't want to... I mean, <laughs> it sounds like that needed to be heard. It sounds like that needed to be heard. Um, yeah, amen. Amen. Let's <laughs> say amen. And I think you... Um, there's, like, regardless of, of, of pulpit or, or across coffee tables, like, what does it mean to acknowledge somebody's pain? Um, and we and we um, and let up. I, I get I get I get um, dragged a little bit for this be my phrase, but we have to have a biblical anthropology, and a biblical anthropology means that we understand understand mm. what it means to say so that someone is an image bearer, and therefore that um, yeah, as yeah, nowhere gonna summarize as, as neatly as Richard, but like yeah, what that means there therefore about their dignity, their humanity, and then how we act when that is violated, what we have to say when that is violated, and I think um just to kind of build on from that for two reasons a because the people um in our congregations in our friendship circles in our households um are, are going to be as as richard said um feel the brute force of that oppression whether they see it happening to them or happen to their brothers happen to their dads happen to their mums uh, whether they see it in their workplace and and, and then where, where they are or are not allowed to live and what they do or do not have access to financially etc um it has to be addressed because what the, because the gospel has implications and we need to help people see how those implications meet with the reality of their lives. What does the gospel mean to you to help you endure um, and help you speak in a time when you are the recipient of injustice? The gospel, the Bible speaks to that. Um, the Bible says mm. some, some things that are difficult to hear on that. And the Bible says some things that are, a, are the joy that the Christian clings to on that. But the Bible speaks to that. So woe, woe for us if we if we preach the gospel, but we don't preach the implications that the, the gospel itself makes explicit, the scriptures themselves make explicit. So A, for those that are the, are the, are the victims of, the, of that kind of violence, but B, because the perpetrators of that violence are also in our congregations. Um, uh, obviously, if you're depending on the kind of church mm. that you go to and the kind of demographic, it's it's naive of us to think, and it's a bad biblical anthropology to think that on the day that someone becomes a Christian, all bias is removed, all all historic, um, all, all, all sense of privilege mm. is laid down at the foot of a cross. That's That would be a joy, mm. and we long for that day. It's called the return of Christ. But until then, the reality is that people with various... The, we're, we're privileged for, for various different reasons, because of their gender, because of their social economic status, because of their education, because of their race. They do sit in congregations. Um, they do listen mm. to sermons. They do assent to the tenets of the gospel. Um, mm. For us to apply the gospel in all in, in all its implications is therefore to speak to this, the, the sin that's uh, prevalent in our congregations, which would include, no doubt, uh, lying and fornication and and cheating the benefit system, but it will also include racism. Facts. It will include it will include racism. Yeah. Um, and so um, it's, it's 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 mandated by virtue of um, shepherding your sheep to to address all of their sin. And some of them will be in, in some of us, not some of them. Some of us <laughs> will be in positions of power to affect yes. structural change, <laughs> to affect structural change. But some of them, just yeah. in our interpersonal relationships, will will need to stop and think. Um, and we're stupid if we don't think that people who who, who low-key have some racial bias 
or have some haki have some racial bias are not sat in our congregations. And and if they're in church mm. and we're not addressing it, then what's going on? <laughs> who, who ought to address it? If we've, if we've all of the, the um, if we believe that the gospel, that the Holy Spirit is at work in the gospel to change hearts, um, racism is something where we need people's hearts to be changed. And we, know, we, know, we know that uh, stats and figures can't quite cut it. We know that you seeing someone's foot on someone's head may not change your heart. We have to, we have to, we have to um, trust that the Holy Spirit, um, if nothing else, he He is able to do that work. And so, but we need to kind of uh, m- make it clear that that is actually a work of the Spirit to change your heart in regard to that issue. And that is, and that may be a blind spot, which the Holy Spirit, um, by virtue of implication of the gospel that we love, is calling you to reconsider. And, and finally, because um, if it's an implication, if it's sin, Racism is sin. That racism is sin. Racism is sin. Let's just put it on the table. Racism yeah, is sin. Yeah. Um, that is sin, which means it's something that a we ought to be making it clear that it's something that needs to be repented of. Uh, it's it's not something we can afford to be, leave as a blind spot, and we, people need to be repenting of. We need to be repenting of our sinful sinfulness in that, and then trusting that the the and this is where it goes. This is where it goes. It's, it's crazy. The blood of Christ is sufficient even for this most heinous, what feels right now most visceral of offences. Um, mm. uh, so yeah, but if we don't yeah. make it explicit to people that that's actually sin, then the, if it's not sin, why you won't even clock that it's something that you ought to repent of. Um, we used to call it sin mm. and say that from the pulpit. And that's just that's just straightforward application of the gospel to call what's sin. You know what? And I think... I think sorry. On, on, I think on, race. On. I think race makes people. Racism makes people feel uncomfortable. Also, well. should that's fine. Be comfortable. I'm yeah, nonetheless. Sorry. Yeah, because I think when you, <laughs> I think when you think of other sins, like you always think of them being like the other. But when we when we're talking about racism being not a, not an issue of the past, but an actual issue of the present, you start to see people saying, "Oh, this is this is not a race issue." You know, we're all sinners, and it's like actually no, we need to we need to feel uncomfortable. Like mm. you, you even see it where like some some pastors now when they tweet about another social issue or when they tweet about I don't know, the gospel allows us to be holy. No one says anything, but when when someone's talking about racism and and racism actually is. Uh, you know a blasphemy blasphemy it, it's it's violating the, the law the command to love god and to love your neighbor but people are like but when someone says i don't know black lives matter which is something that a term you shouldn't actually in and of itself you shouldn't actually deny there's no but objection people are like no That's a fact. <laughs> yeah and if someone wants to respond it's like I, until we're able to really sit down and, and, and think like why is racism an issue why is this a gospel issue why why do we see the fact that this actually is at the heart of the gospel and has a lot of gospel implications and actually confront it in our, our local churches com- confront our biases confront our, our partiality then we can mm. we can begin to address mm. it but i think that because people are so uncomfortable especially with the issue of racism of it you can say it's been politicized you can say mm-hmm. it, it it can get someone cancelled or if i say the wrong thing or i don't want to be ignorant blah, blah blah but until we're ready to have those discussions and correct one another in love and grow together then yeah it, it's it's just it's just mad man mm. richard you was gonna I, say I, something yeah I, th- I think do you know what you both touched on it but my thoughts are moving from so I guess initially when when I found out everything that was going on, I won't lie, Gabby mentioned like God's grace even extends to this man. But, you know, there was a period where I would have struggled to even say Mm -hmm. that, you know, like there was definitely a period where I remember some brothers, like a brother gave like a a presentation um, for a men's meeting at my church on Saturday. And he was talking and he said, you know, listen, um, at one point in the middle of his 
think of his exhortation. It was only like 10, 15 minutes, but he said like, you know, he brought up the George Floyd situation and he said, have you prayed or do you feel there's issue praying for the guy who had his knee on his neck, you know? And I started to respond. I even, tears got me again in the middle of my response, but like, I struggle, man. Like, that hadn't even, most of us black brothers, there was maybe about 25 of us, most of the people on that call literally said, raw, like that had responded to it, said, that didn't even cross my mind, you know? That wasn't, that wasn't even something I could speak about. Even when I, when I, was, when I was articulating my thoughts, and I was saying, listen, do you know what? When all is said and done, justice, like, eternity bends towards justice, you know, the judgment throne of Christ. And so in one sense, we know the judge of all the earth will do that, which is right. But then one of the deacons in my church, frankly, like, and I was saying vengeance belongs to the Lord. But one of the deacons in my church reminded me, listen, and so does salvation, you know? Salvation belongs to the Lord. It's not something for us to, to overlook. And so I guess naturally we've seen so many people who have been angry it's not just me who was struggling but you know we see the world struggling to really how trying to figure out how to respond to this and we've seen a range of responses so as mary's highlighted there have been people who have been silent um has gabby's highlighted and mary highlighted there's been people who have been uncomfortable you know like there's 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 so many things going on there's riots mm-hmm. taking place especially in minneapolis at the moment um i guess the big thing now is how do we as christians respond what is a right response? What's a wrong response? Should we go so far as protesting, rioting, looting? You know, what, what's, what's right, what's wrong here? Um, yeah. Gabby, are you, are you, Gabby, would you go to a protest? Pardon? I've been to a protest. Would you go to a protest? <laughs> I've been to a few in my time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember my first protest of as a little girl. <laughs> no, I remember, I'm not even jokes. I, I was at Manchester Uni when uh, this is this looks so insignificant in, in comparison to this. I was at Manchester Uni when um when the tuition fees were up to nine thousand. Trust and believe I was on a coach really coming to London. It was, it was, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was actually I was actually involved and relaxed. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> the whole placard. But yeah, I think anyway. So yeah, I think um I think I think this is actually this. It's, it's a helpful conversation to think about what's what's the appropriate response for the Christian. Obviously, there's lots of things that that are appropriate that I, I won't necessarily say. Um, I think the first thing I, I feel is helpful to say is, um, which, um, yeah, is as as long as you're not sinning, respond. Um, now that's tricky because some of our responses instinctively will be sinful, and there's no doubt about that. But um, besides that, um, where where there's liberty for you to respond in a way that you find appropriate respond that way and that may be by xing off your socials that may be by going to protest that may be by doing an act of solidarity with people around the world um i think we 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 can't bank people's consciences on how they ought to respond or how they ought not to respond as long as it's not uh sinful does that make sense yeah yeah i get you it's a difficult one trying to navigate the line that's not sinful. Yeah. It's a te- yeah. it's a techie yeah. one. It's a techie yeah. line. But some, but some things are clear. Um, the breaking the law. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but you know, it's it's a difficult one. Do you know what I think? Like I've I've loved as much as I agree. By the way, breaking the law. <laughs> <laughs> um, as much as I, as much as I agree with that, I think the difficulty comes in the fact that the people who so obviously the Christian worldview is that you submit to government, yes. right? Um, yep. And those powers in place are have been put there by God. Yeah. 
the difficulty arises when those powers in place seem to be the very ones who are perpetuating the issues that you're facing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's almost like, I guess I was talking to a friend and for lack of better analogy, I can't, I still haven't thought of a better one, but it's almost like going to a slave, going to the slave master and saying, can you tell your, your children to stop treating me like a slave or to stop picking on me? Like in the end of the day, the one, who, mm. the big poncho who's really behind all of this is, or who's really allowing all of this and has the power to stop it is the one who you have to go to. But they're the ones who have also enabled a people group to continue in the ways that they are and for so long. Um, and I think that's what brings the tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why, that's what yeah. makes it so hard for many to actually feel comfortable submitting to the government. And actually, as far as they're concerned, they're convinced that the government is the reason that the people are being killed. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want that to detract from the point, sorry, but it is, it is the tension. It's a necessary mm-hmm. tension that I think has to almost be addressed mm-hmm. um, yeah. in the midst of the conflict. I agree. I, th- I think if you think of um, historically uh, Black British and African Americans' ex- ex- relationship with the police as well, mm-hmm. like this is again just an, another mm-hmm. reminder of why some Black people actually get very uncomfortable with the police. Like I've, I've spent some time like speaking to friends and just saying, then they just have absolute disdain for the police. Mm-hmm. And of course, as, as believers, we still have to in, in, ensure that we're following you know, Romans 13, subject in, to, to government authorities. And even someone like Officer Lane, I believe his name is, who's committed this atrocity, doesn't represent the whole the whole police, even though we know that the police system itself, um, even in the it's UK, is systemically racist and full of corruption yeah. as well. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I, I can't remember who it was, but, you know, someone rem- reminded me today that, um, like, a poet said that, you know, to be black is almost to be in a, a constant state of rage. Mm. And I think for a lot of black people presently... Was that Dave? Yeah, they're just angry. <laughs> it wasn't Dave. I think it was... Um, oh, it's, it's actually annoying me that... I'll, I'll say it before the end of the podcast. But, um, yeah, like, it's, 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 it's just to be... It's, it's simply James to be Baldwin. angry. And, of course... Sorry. James It really hurt me that I couldn't find it. It, it came, it came. James Baldwin. <laughs> 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 yeah, and being, being angry is... Being, being angry in, in of itself isn't sinful, but of course we know anger and sin are, are, are very close to each other. So even even in this period, one of the things that we must ensure that even in our anger, even in our displeasure, that we're not we're not sinful, that we that we don't have you know evil thoughts for, for one another. That even when we're looking at men who commit this wickedness, that that we're still thinking that you know thinking of, of love and trying to love our enemies and our neighbors. I, I think um, other responses, of course, is, is to pray pray for the city mm. of Minneapolis um especially if, if you think about it it isn't just um if you think of Brianna Taylor in Louisville but you, you think of um George Floyd in, in Minneapolis and you think I think two years ago Philando Castile yeah. um, gets shot yes, in a yes, car yes, in the yes. same state as well so we're just thinking like this city has 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 been has seen so much crime from the police and and you know who knows of how many other stories haven't been reported and and you think of course we're speaking on the American context like UK are not free mm-hmm of their own atrocities i'm sure we can reel off names of, of people in the uk who've, who've had bad experiences with the police or, or the justice system and so i think when we are seeking for justice i think prayer is one thing that we, we we need to do i think churches um of course it'll be on them to decide but i think a local church should be very um conscious of of, of their people of their context yeah. and i think yeah they should address it they should ensure that their members so if so I, I could imagine like a, a pastor now depending on what, what context he has but if, he, if he's got any black people in, in his yeah, church or in. anyone anyway yeah. yeah checking in seeing how they're doing like wanting to ensure that 
that we are like preaching and teaching and upholding the hallmarks mm. of the fact that we are made in the Amago day, mm. what that looks like, the pain, mm. you know, being sensitive of other people's pain. Like I've been saying the whole week that people just don't know how to read the room. Mm. Like your black brothers and sisters are crying, are sad, are despondent. This is not the time to be saying, well, suffering's in the world. Said that is- <laughs> okay. <laughs> this okay. is not the, yeah, like, it's not, yeah, like, oh, like me. goodness it's me. Not, it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not loving. Like, it's generally not loving. Yeah. Like, this is not the time where you now bring up your stick to, to now correct something. Like, listen, like, yeah. let, like, make sure you're, you're being heard. Like, even us to other people. Like, I'm, I've, I've realized that some people are, are absolutely distraught at this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and there's, there's other things. Like even thinking of the, the Belly Majinga case, like yeah. writing to your MP and, and asking them to, to, to look into the case, um, donating to her GoFundMe, um, you know, mm. trying to, if you want to, I think it's down to a conscience sake, though, protest, yeah. peaceful protest, yeah. please, no, no, no sinful protesting. Um, <laughs> but I, I think Christians do have to think, pray, and consider the multiple ways that they can respond when we see, the, you know, like visible injustice in the world. But Richard, what mm. ways would you say? Uh, do you know what? I'm not going to lie. Like, something I've really, I've really been wrestling with of late to really appreciate and, and to do is just the idea of bearing on the suffering and knowing that God calls us to bear with mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, to, revi- to be reviled and to revile not. Um, you know, to not suffer as, as those in the world, etc. And, and, and constantly, and just seeing all those biblical verses, you know, turning the other cheek, etc., etc. If someone takes one unit, giving them another, going two miles, if someone forces you to go one. Like, mm-hmm. all of these texts exist, but, you know, for, for lack of better terms, practicing what you preach has been so hard for me recently, mm-hmm. just with regards to that. Mm-hmm. And especially just getting my heart right. Because um, I don't want, what, what I fear in one sense is that my, my turning the other cheek, and this is just me being honest, like what I can fear is naturally me turning the other cheek, et cetera, leads to a, to a bit of inaction that, that then ultimately turns a blind eye to the issue um, yeah. and further supports it. But I think what you guys have said is perfect. I, I, I think, you know, um, literally, yeah, in your anger, do not sin. Um, and also appreciating there are things we can do whilst submitting to government mm-hmm. and whilst also, you know, as you, you read the book of Peter and you see how the Christian is meant to, has really meant to just bear with suffering, the suffering yeah. that they're meant to face and, and how God calls them to bear. Um, and, one, and, and one thing is, you know, somebody, somebody said it to me earlier, but because we just live in a democracy and in the mm-hmm. Western world and 21st century, we're almost spoiled for, for, for justice in a sense. In, in one sense, we think, um, that all justice is going to be realized in this side of eternity, but that's not true. Um, mm. We act as though we're going to find perfect peace now, but again, that's not true. You know, mm. there's a sense in which, yes, Christians have to be able to speak out, and um, not a sense, Christians have to be able to speak out um, against murder and um, because we're made in the image of God and God hates partiality, you know, and Christians have to speak out um, against, you know, um, the fact that authority is being abused and it shouldn't be used to domineer, right? And we have to speak out against the fact that God hates when people are being unfair and and and, and we should encourage laws to change and mm-hmm. especially laws that, you know, that limit the the deadly use, the deadly force of police officers, et cetera, you know, um, mm-hmm. against citizens. But and, and we can advocate for those things. But, you know, before all of that, you know, one thing I've just become more and more, I've been meditating on is just that before any of these things actually happen, and um, before any change really takes place, first and foremost, God has to move. Um, mm. If God doesn't move, no matter how much we revolt, 
And no matter how articulate we pose, um, you know, we pose our arguments, whether it's a peaceful protest or a violent protest, irrespective of all of these things, if God doesn't move first, then nothing's changing. And so, mm. like, the first place I kind of want to find myself is just in prayer. Mm. Um, like, sincerely praying that God would be pleased to move, uh, to move, to move uh, the authorities that be to justice. Um, and to, to really to really prioritize justice in this case and pray that God would really be pleased to restore and build up the black community and that God would be pleased to stop uh, the consistent murdering of a people group, you know, um, yeah. like this ethnic, uh, is a genocide, like it's crazy. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think, I think praying, praying, um, actively speaking in your congregations, being with those um, who are weak at this time, um, and appreciating, uh, particularly, especially just in our context, that this affects us in the UK mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah. That it's not just, even though police brutality has taken on a very, very, very um, vicious and repetitive form in the US, like in the UK, people are experiencing the same things too. Mm. Like I've, I've got my own fair share of, like it's crazy. My wife actually said to me when she saw this like story come out, she said, is this why you hate police officers? Like obviously I had to correct her because to be honest, I'm, I'm, well, I, I say I had to challenge that because I don't want to be one who's viewed or perceived as hating police officers, right? Um, yeah. And also just appreciating that love thinks no evil. So I don't want to stereotype a whole, a whole um, body, if that makes sense, or institution. But yeah, but yeah like actually praying for them and, 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 and not thinking evil about them and, and, and all of these things. Difficult, 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 man. Difficult, difficult. Yeah. I had, um, I had a question. Go on. Um, sorry for cutting you, Richard. But, um, no, no, you didn't cut me. Go on. I think uh, I saw like a, a tweet where someone said last year, like, not last year, sorry, last week, where um, someone was saying like, yeah, the police brutality against black people in America is, been, is so sad, really praying for God to take control. And someone responded saying, does anyone want to ask God why he's allowed black people to suffer so badly for 700 years are we wrong for asking and then like in the in the comments you're just seeing bare people saying yeah that's why i don't believe in god and yeah like this god isn't god isn't for us the god is for white people blah 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 like what is how how would we respond to a a question like that Mm. me are you gabs thank you thank you thank you thank you your, your thank you your wisdom is much appreciated here um, <laughs> do you know what's mad i got called up um i told you i was having that men's meeting uh and, I was, and we were and we, li- and we literally end up speaking about this topic for about five to six hours or so um crazy like 25 guys or so uh, black men which I was so it. encouraging i love it um, <laughs> but one thing i would say is like midway through the call i got a call from another black brother in the lord and he was just telling me like he heard my little spiel about when i said um boom do you know what? i need to like i don't even know how i'm gonna deal how to respond when when you're asking me about whether i pray for this guy and, da, 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 and i walked through my thought process and everything like and i even like dropped a couple of tears like he saw he saw that and like well he heard yeah he saw it on zoom and he responded to me and he was just like i didn't have my video on zoom so he didn't see it he he audio heard it sorry i just had to correct myself have it but he heard me speaking and he and he called me up privately and he said rich i'm not gonna lie like i've been crying myself to bed for the last three few nights man like 
I've really been struggling here just to like get my head around it. Like again, as a father, again, as a husband, again, and, and as a black man and trying to understand how this is happening, it's, it's making me think, why does God put me through this? And one thing I had to tell him was that, right, like in the middle of all of this stuff that's been going on, at one point I even had to consider in my head, like, what was I, am I in the, on the losing side because I was born black? Um, and I just had to correct myself and just be like, right, like, listen, in the end of the day, God has chosen not many high, not many mighty, and he's chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God has, 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 is ultimately choosing a people who are rejected in this world um, to flourish in the next. And it just brings that Jonathan Edwards quote back to my mind, you know, like, um, this world is the closest thing to heaven an unbeliever will ever taste and it's the closest thing to hell that a believer will ever have to endure for me that's been a very 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 powerful reminder that irrespective of how hard we find our time here in this world and on this side of eternity god not only sees our pain but actually he does use even the foolish things and even those who are low in this world to ultimately um to ultimately live eternally. Yeah. Like I, mm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know that doesn't fully get to the heart of the question. Um, I know there's a couple more things that really should be said um, that God is in control, et cetera, et cetera. And that eternity does bend towards justice. And so we shouldn't. And so when God says vengeance is mine, we should trust that the judge of all the earth will do that, which is right. But, but yeah, I do think um, they're pertinent points for those who especially are trying to wonder how can I, I don't feel loved by God, especially at a time like this. Mm. You know? Yeah, I think, yeah, I was thinking I was right to pass pass the book there. <laughs> yeah, amen, amen, amen. And I think, um, and I think just um, just to add, I think um, there is a certain degree in which that that waiting for final judgment, um, that longing for final judgment, can feel like everything that's anyone's ever said about black Christians has, has comes to bear. That the gospel pacifies us, that it makes us. Um, yeah, quiet, it makes us silent. Because we see our non-Christian black allies um, and they're ready to burn the place down and we're trying to say, oh, be godly, be godly. <laughs> and it looks like, it really, yeah. it really does look like the gospel has done what they what they, what they they say um, the white man's gospel intended to do. And, and then in that moment, there's a real tension in the pit of the stomach for the black Christian because you're like, um, yeah, I look foolish here. I look foolish. It looks, mm. it looks weak. I don't want to pray about it. I don't want to pray. Right. I don't want to pray. Right. I don't want to pray. I want to do something. I want to be angry about something. I'm ready to re- re- rip somebody up. I'm ready to talk, talk to the police <laughs> anyhow. I don't want to go home. And- Protest Gabby. <laughs> I don't want wa- to go home and, and read my Bible and pray about this because it looks like everything that they've said that the white man's religion does to black people is in full effect in this moment because oh, let's go and pray right. let's go and pray let's go and, um and, and, and like and that's and that's a real tension because it it feels and it looks to the watching world it looks so prophetic it looks so passive it looks, it looks weak and at this point but, at this point you, know, Gab, you go you go you go sorry, do you know what, do you know what i just have to say though like the reason it feels weak to us it's just because we don't believe in God. Well, this is the thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now, this is the thing. This is the thing. At this point, Ooh. at this point, you, you got your kind of needs have to get reinforced. Like, am I on this gospel team or not? Because if I believe the gospel, two things, two things, two things. Judgment is real, and let and I have to cling on to the fact that God's judgment is ferocious. 
Sometimes you read the book of Habakkuk. Sometimes you flip to the Old Testament. Sometimes the New Testament to you. But sometimes the vivid, the vividness of, that is the God who will judge. Like, Mm. that, that fierce, ferocious, breathing fire God, that is the God who is coming in righteous judgment. And this is the part where it's like, um, and, and let me make sure that I'm right with him, first of all, because, yeah, and, 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 but, but that is the God who is coming in righteous judgment. His, his, his garment is soaked with blood. There's no justice that I can execute on this side of the world. Uh, and the thing is, girls like me, I'm not really about that death penalty life. I couldn't stomach it. I'm not on it. But the, the, the most ferocious judgment you can imagine on this side of eternity will not, will not, will not satisfy George Flo- George Floyd's family, it can't. Yeah, His child, yeah, it's, it's, it can't, it can't. But there is, there is, there is a judgment coming in which every intention mm. um, that wasn't able to be prosecuted by the United States UK government will be prosecuted by the by the eternal wrathful God Himself, and that is something Christians rejoice mm. in the judgment of the coming God. So, number, but the thing is, that judgment might, that judgment doesn't come now, and then you feel like I'm not trying to wait. I'm trying, we're trying to be vindicated here and now today. I have to really believe yeah. and cling on that that judgment is true and coming. But number two, I have to fix my eyes on Jesus Christ, the one who was righteous and suffered all unrighteousness done against Him. He looked mm. foolish. I sometimes I teach, I teach, I often teach like the, the like, you know, Jesus lived, died, uh, raised the gospel to teenagers regularly. And when I'm teaching it, sometimes I'm like, fam, I can't believe I'm saying this. This guy let guys spit in his face. Big guy facts. who get he he gives breath to all beings. They breathed in his breath and spat in his face. How, mm. What a, what how foolish. How how foolish. They mocked him. He's on the cross. Are you really gonna come down? We our, our saviour knows what it is to feel, to be made to feel foolish, to look pathetic, to look passive, to look weak, mm. um, to be led like a lamb to the slaughter. Um, that is the Christ that we follow. And so there is some degree to which we 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 know that we might look stupid in this. Our, even our flesh, even our own internal monologue will call us stupid. Um, but yeah, people around us from might for real say, well, you, you might look pacified, you might look stupid. Um, mm. Do you know what? It's one thing that you have to appreciate, though. And like again, this is just one of those tensions that you're wrestling against, is that as Christians, if we expect, if everybody in the world is 100% in agreement with the way that we're responding and we're walking in complete, like in line with them completely, et cetera, et cetera, and we're all on the same page, then that means we fail. Yeah. Because as far as the scripture is concerned, is, it's the difference between light and dark, you know? Um, and it's the difference between day and night when it comes to the believer and the unbeliever. And so there should be a difference in the way that we respond. Yeah. I guess even just thinking a bit more broadly now, like I have many like, you know, white brothers and sisters in the Lord who have often at times like sought to demonstrate um a sadness and and I've sought to respond to this in, in 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 various ways and sometimes it's been through the you know what that was an injustice they've killed a a black a black man and he did not deserve that he deserves dignity though I must admit to be honest with you I've not seen much of that personally personally I have seen that from in places but I've not seen much I've seen a lot of quietness at points from some people I've some I've seen some famous pastors unfortunately who have been very quiet with regards to the murders but then when it came to the rioting they've been vocal <laughs> um and that again has been 
frustrating at the very to say the very least yeah Yeah, it's been frustrating at the very least and especially because of the way in which they spoke about it but i won't get into that um but then like on the like really like how should people be looking to respond even in terms of our white brethren as well not just like what should we look for them to do um yeah it's a good question it's a good question and i'm 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 encouraged it's interesting you clock the people that get onto your line and text you in, in all sincerity and and it's um actually i think it's quite rare to have Maybe this is a wild thing for me to say, but I do think it's increasingly rare to have healthy cross-racial relationships and friendships. I think that's increasingly a rare thing. So I'm very thankful for um, yeah, the healthy relationships that I have cross-race. I think um, I think the main th- the, the the main thing that I'm obviously pray, amen, um, pray, search your own heart for what what your conscience and what the spirit would be leading you to do. But I think the main thing that I'm asking people is to talk to their people. Um, Mm. I may have like five five white friends, but for all my five white friends, you got fifty white friends each. <laughs> you, in terms mm. of your access to people to have a conversation between <laughs> between yourselves, you're better placed in terms of your connects to do that than I am. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I need you to talk to your brother who's a, a police officer. Actually, that's what I need you to do. I need you to talk to your pastor. He may be like, "This is all PC." Uh, freedom of speech let me do what I'm doing I need you to I need you to talk to your mum and talk to your brother your brother who's maybe that white van man who sometimes uses language that you might not say in front of black people but sometimes he says I need I need you I need you to I need you to you know the certain things that well we, we see in the movies anyway the certain things that white people might say between themselves but they might not say when a black person is around I need you to be the person in that place that when I'm not there and and, the, and then they talk like that that you say something um, because often, mm. very rarely, well, in the UK, will racism manifest as, uh, well, we, we saw we saw a, a white police officer here or a black man the other day, but anyway, very rarely will it manifest in that kind of visceral demonstration mm. of violence, but it will manifest in, or in, 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 in how you manoeuvre at the school gates. It will manifest in, in, in kind of workplace dynamics and, and, and stereotypes and assumptions that all add up to create even an oppressive environment for black people in the UK. Um, so I, so yeah, I'm really thankful, and I and, and I'm expressing that um, yeah, the places that you are, where where there's no no one brown, and therefore people feel relaxed to say what they want to say, or to or to, yeah, that's when I need you to be vocal, not when you're talking to me. I appreciate you're talking to me and you're vocal, and I, I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely appreciate that care. Um, but be vocal in the situations when there's no one brown, and actually it's probably more difficult to be vocal. Mm. Mary, yeah. what are you thinking? Listen ask questions and yeah and, and just just be sincere like thinking about your neighbor like if, if if you saw your neighbor was grieving or your neighbor was was disheartened over one issue like how would you respond you would you would yeah you'd, you'd make time for them you'd want to know how they're doing you you'd check on their well-being you'd pray for them you'd you'd read scripture with them like that that's it like especially in your church context like if you have got um if you're in a church where they are like black members or black congregants yeah just just having a conversation with them and being willing to listen being willing to to to, to have discourse around it um a mm. friend was telling me earlier this week actually that they had like a a zoom call and someone was kind of just sharing the experience of being in a diverse church and yeah one of the one of the one of the um sisters on the call just shared like a, a quick kind of overview of just sometimes feeling in a white minority white majority church that her culture sometimes is left out and she feels like she has to kind of change her personality and she always feels like on the fringe and, and yeah and, and these, oh, yeah, these leaders yeah. these 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 white sincere brethren were like we've never we didn't know this like and they took their time out to listen and and they were like is there anything we can read and and that's that's it like 
and that's one thing that I always take great encouragement from that if we're brethren in the Lord, like we have the Holy Spirit in us, we love each other, like that's one of the evidence and the hallmarks of the fact that we're Christians. So we, the, the way you love someone is to think, is to love them, is to, to consider them, you know, to honor them as, as, as you are and, and really have a heart that desires to, to, to listen to them um, and desires to serve them. So yeah, like just look in your church context, have conversations, pray and listen. Simple no, I think, I, I, think that, I think that was very helpful. Um, I, I agree. I think checkups is a big one. Um, very few people have probably checked up on me. Um, but where I've mentioned the conversation, I have had like good responses, thankfully, um, or mentioned the issue. And, I, and, and I'm thankful for that, especially for my white brethren. Um, I think just appreciating the hurt and the problem is a big thing. And, you know, for those in the UK, again, they might not think that it's something that black people experience in the UK. Um, I've seen a lot of tweets about how there's no racism in Europe. I didn't know. Um, but, Banta. You know, like, black people I didn't even watch football UK, like that, like, but I know that. Like, watch one, one football, European something, something, and they'll, you'll see it all. <laughs> you'll see Bam. it all, right? But, um, but yeah, like in like the MP of Irith and Thamesmead, um, <laughs> Abina Openg Asari, um, she's a black lady. She, she, she put up a post recently and she said like, you know, like, don't forget, don't, this isn't just exclusive to the US as much as she, um, you know, supports the Black Lives Matter movement, et cetera, et cetera. But she was just saying, like, listen, in the UK, still, black people are 40 times more likely to be stopped and searched by police in England and Wales. Like, black people experience 12% of the use of force incidents in 2017 to 2018, despite accounting for only 3.3% of the population, meaning we're four times more likely to experience brute force when it comes to some sort of um, brute force incidents, when it comes to, you know, dealing with us and, and interactions with the police. Um, this is not, and, you know, the incarceration rate, as get again, is much higher for black people. Like, and, this, and it's not, it's easy for people to overlook it and think, like, actually, funny enough, Mary, at one point you mentioned, you know, I speak to my black friends and they all tell me about their experiences and stories. But even me, like, I've been handcuffed. Like, I've been injured by police officers. I've had wow. them break down my front door and, wow. and, and, and leave my mom almost having a heart attack and for no reason. And then to leave the house at 11 p.m. in the middle of the night with no door on our That's house, crazy. you know? Like, that wow. kind of thing happens. Like, I've seen family members apprehended. And the only reason they've been for rape and things of that type of nature... And the only reason they've been apprehended, I mean, released, is because somebody else has actually confessed as opposed to them releasing the person on the basis of um, them, them pleading and them saying they're not doing it and their alibis, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, a hard, it's, a hard, it's a hard place to be in. And I think just having white brethren who are willing to actually sit down and really, really, as you said, Mary, listen and understand that this is something that affects us all deeply. Mm. And it's not solely, a, and that's why I guess it gets us so much because li- really, if not for geography, it, we, our stories would be making the papers Fine. and that wouldn't be a good thing, you know? And so, and so yeah, like, I guess, especially in the UK for, for any of our, our brothers and sisters who listen, like really just checking in on your, on, your, on, on your brothers and sisters in the Lord and helping just bear one another's burdens. And as Gabby mm. said, like speak to, have those conversations in the places where we can't you know especially in the private places where people don't have to put on a show or where you can see people's true natures and you know have those conversations because trust me like you don't know how many people's lives you'll be making that much better just by dealing with some of those um subconscious and overt 
um, biases and and forms of racism. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was in my bag a little Being bit. Your bag, sorry. Being your bag, sorry. Heavy. Sorry. Sorry. You, know, and, and you know what's mad? Before like preparing for all of this, like I had, I was thinking like, I need to, I need to do bear prep. I've got bare notes on what makes a society and <laughs> what makes how to uphold laws and you know what I mean and the underlying issues with riots and etc and their effectiveness and all of that kind of stuff but listen truth be told like just as a Christian just understand we're called to bear with a lot and we're called to hope not in this world um, for real for real for real Amen. but yeah man yeah I think we end it there boy cool 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 peace